0: This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcast.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Welcome to the Nakuda podcast. For this week, Parsh has told us, Shai Gutmann here. Uh, I I've, believe I've talked about this subject before. It's on one of the uh, posts on my YouTube channel, Shaya 2 And it regar- it's regarding the subject of reality. Uh, I think as I mentioned over there, reality according to Yiddishkeit is um, a lot more complicated than things look on the surface. That is to say that reality as we know it is generally uh, ascertained through our experience as we receive from our physical senses which means that it's a combination of what we see, hear and taste and feel and all that stuff, and how we interpret it with our uh, intellect. When we see something based on our experience and our training, we interpret it in a certain way. But how we actually uh, react to it and uh, how we determine our behavior is a lot more complicated because we have all kinds of assumptions and all kinds of uh, uh, previous experience and information that we've gotten from various sources that uh, affect the way we react and behave in our uh, particular environment with our particular experience. This Parsha is a particularly good example of this because we're faced with a situation here where uh, a tzaddik on the caliber of Yitzchak, who was Sheh, and one of the Ovas of Kadoshim, one of the uh, patriarchs, uh, established the Jewish people as a whole. Um, un- un- unquestioned. Sidka's uh, uh, his-, his level of, of righteousness is un- unquestioned, and his life- level of understanding and everything. Um, you know, he was uh, sacrificed himself on on the Mizbeach. Uh, you can't get you know any higher than that. Um, and nevertheless, he seems to have made a very serious miscalculation in terms of his uh, understanding of his own son Esav. And how to treat him, and how to you know what to expect of him, and um, how to deal with him in general. Uh, it seems that he's been kind of taken in by Asab's deception and his uh, generally uh, manipulative behavior, um, and this whole question comes up of now in terms of p- passing on the Brochus, it's the the blessings which are passed on from father to son, from generation to generation, which is an extremely important uh, aspect. We see it, you know, by Rome. Uh, we see it by uh, uh, now by Yitzchak. We'll, we'll see it later by by Yaakov and his sons, and and uh, later on by Moshe Rabbeinu. It's it's a very very important aspect of Yiddishkeit in terms of how one generation passes on these blessings to the, the next generation and how the uh, tradition is carried on from one one generation to another. So here we have a situation where uh, Esav is uh, is being treated to a large extent as the Bechor, as the as a firstborn, when that alone is uh, questionable now because of his transactions with Yaakov. We see from the very beginning of the parasha how he sells his uh, Bechor. The Bechor is, is the whole um, transmission of the spiritual uh, responsibility uh, in terms of serving Hashem. This is a, a coin which has been passed on from Shem to Avroam to, and now to Yitzchak and now he wants to pass it on. And uh, without uh, this transaction where Esav sells the Bechoya to Yaakov, it would unquestionably uh, fall to Esav. And Esav wants to be able to have the uh, benefit of um, the blessings without the responsibility of serving Hashem, which is a totally selfless, you know, uh, uh, enterprise, I mean, an undertaking. that It, it, it uh, uh, requires, you know, t- giving over oneself completely and not thinking of one's own needs at all. So, you know, how can a person like Asa be trusted with such a position? In any case... Um, the sources go deeper into what's really going on here and they talk about, uh, Zoya talks about the concept that Yitzhak had a particular um, understanding of who Asim was and what he needed and what his role was, or what would what, know, ideally be in terms of the uh, perpetuation of the Jewish people. And he uh, has a certain understanding of, of, of uh, how to deal with him. So his basic idea is that he uh, that 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 he is more into the physical and certainly on the level on the on the side of Gvura, which Yitzhak himself is on the side of Gavura with fear and and uh, power and uh, accomplishing and and you know hunting and this kind of thing is all an indication of that particular personality trait uh that mida. Uh, whereas Yaakov is this Ishtam, Yosem Yohalim is more, more more of an intellectual, more of a, uh, you know, a, 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 uh, introspective, um, uh, uh, more academic, you might say, type of person who's uh, into the learning and not into Gashmis at all. So Ishtam is like total opposites. But on the other hand, they're twins. So uh, uh, Yitzhak apparently, you know, understood that they apparently are supposed to share the responsibility to some extent, and ideally they would complement each other. In other words, that, and that is really what uh, the role of ruchnius and gashmius is supposed to be. We, we, as Jews, we do not reject the concept of of gashmius of, of, of the physical existence. On the contrary, we we talk about uh, uh, subordinating it to the uh, to the, the spiritual. And so as opposed to ignoring it or trying to transcend it and not uh, be concerned with it at all, we talk about taking it and using it out for the furtherance of uh, the, uh, the spiritual dimension, that it should all work together as one and neither uh, ignore the other, but each be uh, complementing the other to, to create a, a complete... Uh, experience. And then when we go on a step further, we go into a deeper level. We talk about the whole whole concept of Tikkun. And the idea of Tikkun is, especially as brought out by the Rizal, that Tikkun is is, um, the idea that the world, because of the way that it was created and the history of uh, how it was, uh, uh, how the generations uh, behaved uh, both before creation and, and after creation, uh, the whole idea is that um, originally the, the world was created actually with the Midasad Din, this, this uh, strict gevura, the left side, which everything that Asaph actually represents. And um, it was not able to be sustainable on that level of being purely Din. And therefore it had to be, there was a certain um, Destruction that took place—the concept of the Shriya Sakalim—and uh, and because of that, it was necessary to make a tick to to uh, to correct that whole structure so that it would be um, Hashem would would put in the aspect of mercy and Chesed as being in partnership with the Din, so that they would both serve together to create this uh, total uh, sustainable world. Uh, unfortunately, the ticket that was supposed to be handled by Adobarishan was uh, totally messed up by the fact that Adam and Chava uh, participated in what's known as the Chet Eitz and without going into tremendous uh, depth and, and, you know, and uh, this, this idea, but basically what happened is that there was supposed to be uh, Hashem left over certain elements of creation to be, uh, have this tiken, to be, to be elevated by Adam Rishon. And when they sinned with the Eitz Adas, not only did they not create that tikkun in terms of correcting the things that still had to be corrected, but they threw everything else into the into the the, the pit uh, by mixing everything together, good and bad, and, and everything got totally messed up. Uh, and there were a few times during history that this could have been corrected, uh, for example, Martin Toira, and Moshevene gave the Torah, except that then there was the Chet Reit, um, eagle which messed that up, and then later on, with Shomer building the Vesemigdash, and then certain things mess that up. So whatever, each time we tried to rebuild it and correct it and create a situation where, you know, the ultimate ticket would, would be able to happen. And uh, for various reasons it didn't happen. And that's why we're still working on that today. But the, the uh, intention of each of the of us was to, to correct this uh, massive uh, cataclysm that happened when um uh, uh, messed up with the Itzada's. So in any case, Yitzhak was also concerned with this same problem. And the very fact that Hashem uh, corrected the original, in a sense, uh, created this correction of uh, putting together and partnering the Midas din with the Midas Rahim, rachamim uh, Yitzhak was taking a... Uh, Yitzhak was taking a lesson from that. And he was... Um, understanding that uh here we have these twins Yaakov and Esav and they also represent this idea of Din and Rachamim so obviously they have to serve together to be able to create the shlemis, the, the the totality of this package that's going to ultimately correct the um, the situation of Das uh, the, the the correction of the of the of so it was his intention to um to Carry this out by giving the broches instead of the kollos, the curses that resulted from the chet of Esadas. And here he's going to give broches instead. And by giving the broches, he's going to, with with Esav playing the role of the Nachash of, of the snake, and Yaakov playing the role of, of a and uh, whatever, and Rivka playing the the of, of of Chava. And the fact that just as the Nachash uh, brought about the rate of Eitzadas through deception, that Yaakov would also have to use deception in this case, but that I guess he didn't have that in mind. But whatever. The point is that this was all supposed to be a, a massive correction for the rate of Eitzadas, and and it did work in the sense of that that it, it wasn't according to exactly how he had it planned out, but what had to happen was that the brachas would actually go to Yaakov instead of Esau, and that could only be brought out through this whole massive uh, uh, episode to be played out, and everybody playing their roles in that episode. In any case, it didn't turn out the way he planned it, but it turned out the way it was supposed to turn out, and everything happened the way it was supposed to happen, because that's how it had to happen. But it was not according to his original intention. And what we see here is very clearly that even the biggest tzaddik that has a plan for how he's going to correct the world and bring about, you know, Mashiach, bring about that, 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 that the ultimate deacon should happen, and it doesn't necessarily happen the way he wanted it to, but because of the way that he understood things to be, even though they weren't correct, everything, every, every, every he was playing the role that he had to play and, and whatever happened, happened the way it was supposed to happen according to Hashem's intention, even wasn't necessarily according to his intention. So what we see from this is, is that everybody basically is being presented with a view of reality and understanding of what's going on according to what's necessary for him to understand in order to play his proper role and for things to happen the way Hashem wants them to happen. But Hashem is the one who's calling the shots, not any individual, not each of us according to our understanding. Because Hashem really sees the whole picture and he sees what has to, uh, how everyone understands the picture. So he gives each one, each one of us, a perception of reality according to how he, what's necessary for us. To come to the ticket that each of us has to experience in the course of our lives. So a person can think that he's going to a certain place for a certain reason, or getting involved with another person for a certain reason, or 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 you know uh, reacting to a person because he thinks he understands what's really going on, and really he doesn't understand, and really he doesn't end up going to the place where he thought or whatever it is. But he ended up going to that place because Hashem had to. Had to give him that understanding of what was going on in order to get him to the place where he was supposed to go. And there's so a lot of times we have you know, totally different intentions and totally different uh, plans and everything that actually happens, happens in the end. But in the end, we realize that that was supposed to. We're doing something we do, sometimes we don't. But basically, we understand that that was the way it was supposed to happen. So it comes out that it really doesn't matter so much how we see things. We act inevitably according to the way we see things. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the way we see things is actually correct. And that's really the reality. But we have to accept that. We have to understand that's why we have to be flexible and we have to realize our own fallibility that no matter how smart we think we are and how how well-intentioned we are, that we can make mistakes. But the mistakes themselves are part of the plan. And this is an extremely important things for people to understand in the course of their lives. It helps us to cope with our mistakes. It helps us to cope with our failures and to realize that the failures themselves are also... Hashem knows what our weaknesses are. He knows what our failures are. He very often sets things up in such a way that we should interpret things wrong... In order, again, that we end up doing the things that we're supposed to do for the, the uh, progress of the world and, and for the for for us to achieve our own individual ticket, and that's what was intended to be. And uh, you know, it's, it's just a matter of accepting that and not. Uh, again, it, it's it's a largely a, a, a matter of our own um, intentions. In words, if we have, if if we're, we're mean to do well, that counts for an awful lot. Uh, in the end, you know, there's this uh, popular phrase, uh, "Good intentions pave the way to hell," but that's not really true. It's it's uh, it's if, if you have good intentions, then first of all, you can trust Hashem that He's going to, you know, help you to get to the place where you are supposed to go, and also He's not going to blame you uh, if you made an, a mistake in judgment, um, and you you know, with the intention was really to serve Hashem. Uh, and it ended up uh, again that things you know turned out differently the way you intended them. But it was it was at least with the proper um, from the proper perspective. This even goes so far; uh, it's, it's, it's a it's a hard thing to go into. But um, there's an idea of certain that that uh, behave very badly uh, at the beginning of the creation of the world, whatever. The, the very early stages and. Um, Eventually, even though they were mamish mishuim, they were eventually, um, eventually forgiven, because of the fact that Hashem put them in a very rough position to begin with, as they were created in such a situation that um, things were—you uh, could barely expect for them to behave any better, even though you know they had a choice. So this is all taken in consideration in the final judgment, uh, in terms of how Hashem. You know, treats us in the end. The fact that you know there are extenuating circumstances, and everyone is judged according to their particular position, and uh, you know, it doesn't mean we should be easy on ourselves, but it, it doesn't mean we should be overly hard on ourselves either. In other words, okay, so look, everybody has to, everybody has to know what what they're supposed to be doing, and uh, and uh, uh, everything in moderation, whatever. But in any case, this is an important thing to understand. Bottom line is is that reality has many different levels to it. Um, we don't see the whole picture. We, there are many things we may never know in the course of our you know, physical lives anyway, uh, why things had to happen the way they did um, and how things you know, turned out in certain ways. But even the biggest tzaddikim, um can also make miscalculations and again, it's part of the plan and uh, everyone should take that in stride.